0: Hello and welcome to Leadership Factory. I'm Cole Phillips and I'll be your guide today as we're talking about leadership and we are working together to grow to become better leaders. So important that we continue growing because when we stop growing, that's when we become less effective in our mission. And so as we are talking today, I hope that you will be taking some notes. I hope that you'll be learning some things and and thinking of how you're going to apply this to your own personal Leadership and your own personal ministry, and if this is helpful to you, I want to encourage you to be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes, any of these lessons on leadership, and then also share it on social media and share it with your friends. Uh, You can even leave a review on iTunes and uh, or your favorite podcasting service so that uh, people will hear about Leadership Factory and what we're learning here together. And Today, we're talking about something very important, something that's going to hit home for all of us, and that is security, or better yet, insecurity, because one of the biggest struggles in ministry and in leadership comes from personal security or insecurity. Leadership disasters happen every week because uh, of the issue of personal security and our own inward feelings of security. And we like to pretend the problems are uh, matters of theology or programming, but many times it comes uh, down to the emotional insecurity of the leaders. And these symptoms show up in all kinds of ways. Sometimes because of insecurity, a leader may not be willing to confront a situation that needs to be confronted, The leader may not have a strong moral backbone. Leaders might get defensive when people start to disagree with them. They may withdraw from their responsibilities as a leader that causes other people to question their leadership. A leader may not have the character to stand up when someone doesn't like them or someone doesn't like what they're doing. So because of this insecurity, The leader starts to leave lies about himself or herself and the people around them, and they begin to sabotage their own leadership. Proverbs 29.12 says, if a ruler listens to lies, all his officials become wicked. And so the lies may be out there from other people, what other people have said about you. They may be the lies that... The enemy, the devil, is speaking into your head. The lies may come from your own past, your own uh, thoughts, and your own insecurity. But it's pretty easy to see when we are insecure. Other people can see it. We can see it even in ourselves. Uh, But many times we don't see it because we don't want to be honest and see our insecurity. So we end up ignoring it. We pretend it's not there. We try to defend our thoughts and ourselves and we start becoming defensive. We start to shift the focus to something else. Now, the good news is this is not a new problem. This is something we can see modeled throughout the Bible. Ordinary leaders struggled with all kinds of personal insecurities and we can learn from what they faced and we can learn from their insecurities. So let's talk about how to spot insecurity. In our lives, how do you know when you're acting insecure or when you're being insecure? And the first way is with comparison. Comparison is the first one where we start to compare ourselves to others. Now, understand that comparison is always a losing game because when you compare yourself to someone else, you're either going to find people that you're doing better than and you're going to be puffed up with pride. Or you're going to find some people that are doing better than you. And then you end up feeling insecure and doubting yourself. Either way, you've lost when you start to compare yourself to others. And and the danger of this is that you ignore the unique role that you are called to play on the team. You also begin to ignore the unique role that others are called to play on your team. And we see this in the... um, Gospels, when Jesus talked about the workers in the vineyard in Matthew twenty, and uh, what happened was the the workers who worked a full day got paid a certain amount, and then later on in the day, some uh, other workers began to work, and they got paid the same amount that the workers who worked all day were paid. And so the workers who worked all day they began to complain. Uh, they began to be frustrated how unfair that was. And what happens when you are playing that comparison game is you become like those vineyard workers who are complaining. You begin to ignore God's grace to you because you're focused on what's happening with other people. And, And we look at something good that happens to someone else and, then we say, well, why didn't that happen to me? I've, I've worked just as hard. Uh, in fact, I've worked harder than them. Uh, I've done more than them. Why uh, is God not as good to me? Or why are these other people not treating me fairly? And, um, and we miss in the process how good God has been to us. We miss God's goodness in our lives. Then we also start to be complainers. We complain about how unfair it is, and uh, it's true. Life is not always fair, and uh, we can't always treat people fairly or the same because people are different. People are unique. And, and then third, uh, we, when we're doing this and we're looking at what someone else has and what we don't have, we, we're judging those other people. We're saying they don't deserve this. Uh, they're not as good. And so we have this judgmental attitude. And what we see in the lives of the disciples, they did this all the time. In John 21 and verse 21, uh, it says, when Peter uh, saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? But Jesus said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, uh, what is that to you? You must follow me. So, Peter's looking over at John, and he's saying, what about him? And um, Jesus says, look, you worry about yourself. So we have to stop playing the comparison game and just focus on what God is doing in us personally and what, what God wants to do through us personally. And then the second symptom or sign of personal insecurity is compensation. And compensation happens where you feel always like the victim, and you've always got to overcompensate because you feel inferior, you feel less than. You have that victim mentality where you're always trying to prove yourself to yourself, and you're trying to prove yourself to the people around you. The danger here is that you fail to trust God's control, and you take matters into your own hands. This is what Jacob did In Genesis in chapter 27 and 32. And Jacob's name means trickster. So what happens is you're always trying to scheme. You've always got these ideas in your head about how you can get ahead and how you can get some personal recognition. And one of the things that I've learned that I hold on to, and I remember when I'm tempted to try to gain personal recognition is this phrase, let the game come to you. And you'll be amazed how when you stay focused on what God has uniquely called you to do, that people will recognize that. And people will um, begin to give you these opportunities that you are desiring. And then the second thing that happens when you're uh, compensating is you start to fight irrational battles to get what you think you deserve. And, and uh, then the third thing that happens is you stoop to dishonesty and deception to get the results that you're looking for because uh, you feel inferior, you feel like a victim, and so you may end up cutting corners and not being entirely honest. And, and so we see this in Psalm 37, verse 1, and in that chapter, David says, do not fret, be not envious, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. Rest in the Lord. Do not fret. Cease from anger. So stop striving so hard to try to get ahead and trust in God and in his goodness to give you what you need to meet those desires and meet those needs in your life. Now, the third symptom of the uh, the personal insecurity is competition. Competition happens when you begin to drift into self-centered patterns and habits, and you're always trying to outdo someone else or one up someone else. And the danger here is that you become very obsessed with building your own kingdom and your own platform, and you'll just do anything in order to win. We see this in the older prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, when he's resentful of his younger brother. He uh, is the one who is really saying, look look at how good I am, and, and he's living in competition with his younger brother. And we do this in our own lives when we keep score in life. We keep score on how many wins do we have? How many wins do they have? How how faithful have we been and how unfaithful have they been? We also can tend to be critical and judgmental of the people around us who are serving alongside of us when we have that uh, spirit of competition, or maybe the competition happens between us and another ministry or us and another church where we say, oh, we, we think we're doing so much better than they are. Um, and then you also tend to become very self-centered. You're looking at yourself, who you are, and you're in competition with the people around you. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4 says but each one must examine his own work and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another for each one will bear his own load and that's so good because it's important that we do celebrate our victories we celebrate our wins but not in comparison to how poorly someone else is doing or how how well they're doing just in Um, you celebrate how faithful you've been in doing exactly what God has called you to do and the results that He has brought into your life. So the fourth sign of insecurity is compulsion, where a compulsion is when you're driven to try to gain approval from people around you. You are compulsive as a people pleaser. And in ministry... I think this is a particular danger because we do want to make people happy. We do love people, and we want to to bring happiness into people's lives. The problem is, we find out very quickly we can't always please people. You've heard that saying that says, "You know, I can only please a certain number of people today," and and uh, you're not you're not it, right? I, I I can't please everyone, and the danger here is that you risk burnout because of your impure motives and your unrealistic expectations. If you're running around always trying to spin all the plates to make everyone happy and do everything that everyone thinks that you should do, then you're being compulsive. And we see this example in Martha in Luke 10, who was so busy and so distracted When Jesus was right there and she was not focused on him, she was just focused on getting things done. Many times we're that way when we're compulsive. And so what happens is we get distracted from the big picture priorities and we become really focused in on how we're doing and what we're doing and what we have to do. And then we also will get worn out because we're trying to do so much... And we're trying to do it really for the wrong reasons. We don't have the big picture in mind. And this leads us to become a perfectionist. I don't know if you struggle with perfectionism, but I certainly do. Trying to get things too perfect. Now, there are a lot of people who I would say could use a little bit more perfectionism and uh, try to raise the game to do things a little better. But there are some people who they want everything to be just Perfect, and the problem with that is, is on this planet nothing is going to be perfect, and, and so we call this the law of diminishing returns, where the most productive that we usually are on a task or a project is the first amount of time that we spend, and we get it to a certain level, and then we go back and we polish, we polish, we polish, we polish, and we end up wasting time there at the end when it would be better served to just go ahead and. Uh, and put it out there, and, uh, and not be so focused on having everything just perfect. Because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. And everybody knows that. So 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, By the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. And you just come to a point where you're not trying to prove yourself and make everyone happy all the time because you just can't. And then the fifth sign of of this uh, insecurity is condemnation, where we become judgmental in our attitude toward ourselves and toward others. And many times people who are hard on themselves are hard on others. And if you see someone who's being hard on others, you know they're probably pretty hard on themselves as well. The danger here is that you begin to have a distortion of reality, and you're just tempted to withdraw um, because of this condemnation. We see this in Elijah in the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 19. And what happens is uh, you begin to have a... uh, just uh, not really seeing the big picture of your own circumstance and not seeing that there is still good and there's still hope uh, you you're so insecure that you just feel like the world is falling apart or you start to complain about how unfair life is and you start to feel very overwhelmed by your circumstances and As a result, you end up being afraid. You're afraid of how insignificant you may feel, and you're afraid of what's going to happen to you. You're afraid, oh, someone's going to find out about who I really am. Uh, I'm going to lose my position. I'm going to lose my ministry. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. And so when we have this condemnation attitude it's something that affects all of our relationships and keeps us from effectively leading other people because we're so judgmental of them and we become very judgmental of ourselves. So we want to remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. He says, But to me, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I did not even examine myself For I'm conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted, but the one who examines me is the Lord. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes who will bring uh, to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts, and then each man's praise will come from God. So I'm not concerned about what other people think about me or even what I think about myself. As much as I am concerned about, what does God think about me? How does God see me? And when we try to judge other people's hearts and motives, um, we, we usually are off base on that. Because many times, honestly, I don't know why I do the things that I do. So I don't know how I can figure out why other people uh, do what they do. But I do know that God knows. He's the ultimate judge of our hearts. And He's the one who uh, we will answer to at the end of the day. And so I'm thankful for that because uh, I know that the one who knows me best, he loves me the most, and um, and so I'm not going to live a life of condemnation. Remember, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then the sixth symptom or sign of insecurity is control. And we do this, we're trying to prove how important we are so we feel like, I've got to take charge. i got to be the one that's controlling all the, the puzzle pieces around me, and I've got to make sure it all works out the way I think it should work out. Do we have any control freaks in the house? Because uh, being a control freak is a symptom and a sign of insecurity. The danger here of being in control is that you are thinking, always thinking, win-lose instead of win-win. How can we have a win-win mentality where we're not in competition with the people around us? We're not in competition with ministries or other churches. Um, and, And so many times because we're charting our own course, we will risk our personal integrity. We will protect our personal turf or territory. And we have the mentality of the scarcity paradigm it says, there's only so much to go around, and so I'm going to get mine while the getting's good. We end up thinking, I've never got enough. I've got to have more. I've got to do more. I've got to be more. And we see this with uh, Sarah in Genesis chapter 16. Uh, We see her and trying to control and trying to control her circumstances. And when we control our circumstances, we Um, this becomes a a reflection of how we understand the character of God and who God is because we think I'm going to be God in my own life and what happens is I'm trying to seek out my outcome that I've chosen instead of God's outcome and I start manipulating the people around me by trying to control them. Um, I also uh, will suffer from the martyr syndrome, where I, uh, I think that I'm going to, to throw myself on the fire so that I can get the um, outcome that I am trying to achieve. And we need to remember here, when it comes to control, Jeremiah 29:11, that God is in control, and he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans for your welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So instead of trying to be in control, and many times I've found that if I had my way and did things the way I thought they should be done, I would miss out on God's way that is even better. It's so much better than what I could control and manipulate on my own. And so when we're feeling personally insecure, I want to remind you and I want to encourage you. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He has called you and He equips you to do exactly what He wants you to do. And when you're in His hands, you have no need to fear what other people think about you because we need to focus on what's most important. And that is, what does God think of us as leaders and so I want to ask you an important question that, uh, that I want you to give some thought to this week. And, and that is to focus on these areas. Maybe one of these six areas that needs improvement in your own life. I'm going to go back through those again so you can remember them. That is comparison, uh, comparing ourselves with others, compensation, compensation. Where we're trying to overcompensate for how inferior uh, we feel, competition where we're trying to to be in competition with the people around us, compulsion where we're driven uh, and we're trying to to please people, condemnation where we're judgmental of ourselves and other people, or control where we're trying to manipulate and control the people around us. So think through those and and. Ask God to help you become more secure, to see yourself as He sees you. And uh, I tell you, we need leaders in our churches, in our families, and in our country who will lead confidently and lead securely. And so I want to thank you so much for listening today. And uh, I do want to encourage you to subscribe, to join me again next time as we continue Uh, this leadership factory, and I want to thank you so much for being with me today, and I hope you've learned something, and I hope you'll share this with your friends so they can learn something as well as we grow together in our leadership.